0: You're listening to View Source, a conversation around tech, web development, and WordPress, with hosts Aruba Ahmed, that's me, and Brian Kortz.
1: Aruba, we are back to our React series where we are building an accordion in React from the very beginning, in piece by piece, line by line, brick by brick, mm-hmm. and we've made it. Only I, this is, I think, our sixth episode in the series but we've been consistently getting one piece of feedback. Can you share what is this feedback about our React accordion element we've been building that we keep hearing?
0: Yeah, and rightly so, by the way. What happens is the way it's currently set up right now, it is only when you click on the accordion header that the content for the accordion panel gets injected into the page, into the DOM. So if you have... The accordion in the not open state, the content of that panel is actually not on the page.
1: Yeah. And I think we've talked about this as we've been building it that we're using React and we're injecting stuff and removing it and injecting it and removing it. So it's something we've been aware of and we've talked about. When we get to the phase of turning this into a Gutenberg block, which is like another part of this conversation, we will deal with that. And it's been asked for we've talked about it and the day has come we have dealt with it we've today is all about taking our accordion and instead of injecting and hiding and removing content from the dom we're going to load it all up in the dom and mm-hmm. we're going to show and hide it with good old css mixed into our into our react application yeah. i'm excited
0: yeah me too i think the really great thing about something like react is ultimately once it all comes into the browser It's just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And in the world of the web, those things are always very closely tied to each other. So I'm excited for us to sort of show that on the React side too, where yes, React can do lots of funky things like inject and remove content. But sometimes, especially like in this case, that's not necessarily the best use. And instead, we should just use CSS for it, right?
1: Yeah, and I think we talked about SEO. Like people are very concerned about, especially with the the world of single page apps, like I need that content to be there so that it can be crawled, so that it can be scanned. If you're constantly hiding and removing things, that might be great in like more of an application sense, but it's not very good in like a like content sense, which is where we're heading is towards like a WordPress page or something like that. So there's that piece of it. And then There's the other piece, which is like, once we do move this into WordPress, you know, we kind of need everything. Like once we make an editing experience and we don't can't just like remove stuff from people, it has to be (laughs) visible and yeah. So exactly. I'm excited. And
0: like how we do that is a, yeah, it's a different conversation. But before we get there, let's, uh, let's look at some code. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's do it.
0: So right now I'm sharing the front end of the website. And it's that same page where we're just building an accordion and you can see where we were last time, where we have three Hello World components, sorry, accordion items. When you open it, it shows you the information. If you open another one, the one that was already open, it closes up. So behaviorally, if you're not looking at the code, it all actually still looks exactly the same as where we left it off. So the difference is actually when you come into the DevTools, which I have here open on the right. And here we have our heading, the very first one, which is Hello World. But underneath it, before, you would have just seen the next heading and the next heading. But now, in between the headings, you're actually seeing the panel uh, that has all of the content in it. And all we're doing is we're making it visible instead of actually just injecting it whenever we click on it.
1: Can I make one comment about the markup here which is that yes sometimes in accordions if you've used like bootstrap or something you get like a div and a div and a div and a div (laughs) like it gets so divvy and you like what we have here is like heading and then one div just for like everything that's the content and if we were only allowing one paragraph we could even just have that but in this case you know potentially we might want more you know rich content inside there but it's, Mm -hmm. there's no wrapper around each item. It's, it's like so semantically clean that I really love that about it. I I just love how, (laughs) like how limited, you know, it's not another div around it and we're toggling the class here and we're, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very nice, clean, uh, chunk of HTML.
0: Definitely. And you know, those divs and everything, I think that once we go into the block perspective it may not be quite that clean but we can still make it very clean you know comparatively
1: i think that's one of the big goals of gutenberg and like when i was saying it's really like Divi. i didn't mean like like a Divi builder i meant like it had a lot of divs but then like i thought yeah. in my head like it is like a div like those page builders <laughs> like sometimes man they get like row column column inner row in like it's Mm -hmm. like so many elements and you know a really really good gutenberg block will just be the thing that you need and it will be nothing more nothing less not a bunch of divs um definitely generally pretty good so i think if we can achieve that that would be i would love to see us get to that place with this yeah
0: for sure but i think like That will be something we do a little bit later in the second large part of this series, right? Uh, Where we actually take all of this and turn it into a block.
1: Yeah, (laughs) which we have thoughts on.
0: (laughs) Yes, we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's take a look at how we took our existing accordion and made it so that the content is always there, and then used a little bit of CSS, using the same logic as before to you know show and hide the content.
1: Okay. At the end of the day, there's state, and state is telling us what's expanded, what's not expanded. We're still using that same state that we learned about in the previous episode. We're just going exactly. to take that state, and instead instead of removing a component, we're just going to like toggle some attributes on it.
0: Yeah. So here we are looking at the app.js file, and I'm just in here to show that literally nothing has changed here. We have we added a little key because React was yelling at us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, the actual main component is exactly the same. We're still passing the same props to the accordion item. So then when we go into the accordion item file, this is also almost the same. Instead, what we're doing here is we're taking that is expanded and instead of using that to inject the accordion panel, what if the is, is expanded is true, we're actually passing that as a prop to the accordion panel item because we want to use it inside it instead now.
1: Yeah. So before we were literally checking is expanded and if it was false, just not even loading the panel now the the panel's always there and we're letting the panel know if it's as expanded but when we were speed running writing this little change (laughs) for this episode the first thing you did was put a class do you remember like we're just like not thinking like doing it really fast and you used the class name attribute and like just tried Mm -hmm. to set a class on the accordion panel and then like yeah we were like staring at it we're like why won't the class show up and then we're like oh yeah because it's like this is a component and it's yeah it's not a you like you think you start thinking this is just another html element and i can just stick things on it but it's Mm -hmm. not it's a component and it's if you put something on there you better in your component deal with that attribute and do something about it so Instead, exactly. we're just passing is expanded to it. And, and, then, yeah. and then we'll see the logic from that.
0: Exactly. I want to talk about that just a little bit more. Technically, if we had set up our accordion panel component to be able to have a class name, we could put the class name here and then that would get passed down as a prop to the final HTML element. And lots of blocks and lots of elements that you might see in the wild world of React, including inside Gutenberg, do that. They have support mm-hmm. for class name and ID so that you can pass it down to the final HTML element. But in this particular case, you know we, that's not how we set it up. So obviously that wasn't gonna work because you have to explicitly give it that support, that logic. So yeah. instead, yeah, we passed it that prop. So then let's go and take a look at the accordion panel. So now I'm in the accordion panel file and in the top, we are expecting the is expanded prop now, and here what we did was we add a class name that has a little bit of logic in it.
1: Mm-hmm. We're checking is expanded. Our nice ternary operator: if it's mm-hmm. true, the class name will be is expanded. If it's not true, the class name will just be an empty string. Um, yes. And apart from. Well, I think the first thing that some people do get tripped up on, which I don't think we've dealt with yet is class name versus like class because we're on a Mm -hmm. div. Why can't I just put a class, you know, instead I'm putting a class name, but, um, you know, that's just one of those react things that you uh, like, you don't even realize it's a thing after like, you know, five minutes, like you get so used to using class name instead of class, um, that you get pretty used to it. But I know for new people, it's a little weird at first.
0: Yeah, like it is class is a reserved word in React because you can create classes like just how you can make them in PHP. So you can't use that for the div class or like an HTML element class. And, you know, something that I find really helpful is to have like an IntelliSense plugin or something like that. In, for example, it's already built into Visual Studio Code, where a lot of times it will detect it for you and it will correct it for you. So that's always really helpful to also get over that initial, like, oh, the class name, why is it class name and not class? But and there are a few different elements like that. In a lot of situations, for example, like normally ARIA labeled by would be set up in camel case, but because it's It is what it is. We can just pass it the regular way that it's set up in HTML and it'll just work. But you'll notice in a lot of React components, sometimes people will expect you to pass them in camel case form, which is more React friendly instead of in the, what's this this called? Snake case? Snake case instead. because kebab. Or kebab. Yeah. Oh yeah, snake case is when it's an underscore.
1: Mm -hmm. Underscore. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you'll they will expect that will be in camel case instead of in the kebab case. So there are some gotchas like that that you just want to be careful of when you're dealing with attributes inside React. But as long as it's not a reserved class, a sort of a reserved name like class name, just putting it in directly will work.
1: Yeah. And- you mentioned that your your code editor can kind of take care of some of the stuff for you or at least give you warnings about it. And so like, mm-hmm. that's one of the useful things you can also do. Um, well, I know that we started a bit of a conversation about ligatures and your coding fonts. <laughs> and some of us have opinions on that. <laughs> me. <laughs> some of us have opinions on dark versus light mode. Okay, me. Um, <laughs> and some of us have opinions on like code formatters that clean things up for you. Again, also me. These tools are super super useful. Um, but when you're collaborating, you also, you know, learn that you have to work with other people and stuff. So it actually is really helpful to have those things turned on that can just kind of give you that extra stuff. Oh, you cleaned up that little space right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I have it turned off for you.
1: <laughs> what? No, I turned it on to match you. Now I have it on.
0: Okay. I'll turn mine back on <laughs> after this episode. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was bothering me, the space, which my prettier would have normally just fixed it for me on save. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing here is we're actually using an expression straight in our class name. Now, you don't necessarily have to do that. We could actually do the expression and logic before the return statement. But sometimes when the expression is so small and so tiny and so specific, I find it just easier and cleaner to do it right there in the element, even if it makes the ultimate code look a little bit, maybe a little messy, you know?
1: Yeah. So like if we wanted to have additional classes, that's when it would get a little tricky. And that's when maybe class name would be a string with like Mm backticks around it where we could put in some content and then we could put in a variable that we defined somewhere else. And that's kind of a common thing you'll do. So there are different ways to pass things to class name, but if you are in this very simple situation where you can just do the logic in that spot, I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're using the backticks of of here, right? Where we have the ID, for example, mm -hmm, where we have vs-accordion-panel, and then we're passing it this dynamic variable ID to finally create that right here. We don't have to do it here, but it's such a simple little thing that it just makes sense to do it and do it in one line of code rather than have then two lines of code, one where you're creating a variable or a string and then passing it here,
1: right? Do you have that WordPress like PTSD that you have an ID equals a string and there's no like escape attribute around it? Like
0: Yes. (laughs) the,
1: The escape attribute needs to be everywhere. Sometimes yeah, I and like, why aren't there squiggly lines?
0: lines? <laughs> it's not. It's it's <laughs> yeah. not warning me. Oh no, is my yeah. CS not working? Yes, yeah. that is this string
1: that I literally just wrote going to be a security vulnerability? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and security in React is also. It's a pretty interesting topic, actually. Something that maybe we can cover another time. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely.
0: So this adds all of the logic in the right places, but it doesn't actually work because of the fact that all we're doing now is adding classes right so then Mm. that means that's where the css comes in and this was mm, like one two three four five six six lines of css in order to make it work essentially the first thing we have to do is we have to make sure that the panel is hidden because we don't want it to show so i'm targeting any any Panel any div that has the vs dash accordion dash panel as the beginning of its id, that way we can target you know the zero one whatever we added there as the pattern, and then we're saying hey, don't show it, display none. However, as soon as that div gets the is expanded class, then we want to show it. So yeah, and
1: that is expanded class like just the naming convention of that that's also very WordPress. Um,
0: mm-hmm. In
1: WordPress blocks do get things like is selected, has background color, you know? So is and has class names start to become like a default if you're dealing with a lot of stuff uh, as you move into WordPress.
0: Exactly. And I think when you look at this code that we've written, a lot of it has those styles of WordPress in it because you and I write so much WordPress code. And so we start thinking of our class names and our variables in that same sort of style. So if we go back here, you know, and we notice when I open this, that's when the class is expanded gets added. And then when I close it, the class attribute right now is still there, but it's empty. So if I wanted to keep this even cleaner, I would actually make it so the class attribute doesn't even show up when it's not needed. But in this case, we just left it there.
1: I think there's one thing that sticks out to me about the code that we wrote very quickly before this episode. Let's go back to the code editor and I want to get your opinion on something. Mm -hmm. One of the things that seems to happen here is we have is expanded and it gets passed from the app to the accordion item. Then it gets passed from the accordion item to the accordion header and the accordion panel. And then we do all this logic there. And that's because our app is really in charge of determining which one is expanded. So like that's Mm -hmm. important for that to be passed down. But then you get to this place where then you got to pass it here and then he has to pass it here and she has to pass it there and it keeps going down. Um, yeah. And there's a term for that. Can you give us like, like what is that? Why is that? How do we feel about it?
0: Yeah, so the term for that is called prop drilling. So you're starting with a prop that, you know, in this case, it's the is expanded. It starts out in the app.js file and then it gets passed drill down right it gets you're going into the accordion item and then it going into the accordion header and also the accordion panel and you're drilling down into your components inside your app and passing it down and sometimes you're passing it down because you started it in like the top level but you actually need it in like child four or something like a few a few children down but because of the way it all works you can't do the logic of that inside, you have to do it at this really high level. So it's a very common problem. And so there's a bunch of different ways to solve it. Which is the first that comes to your mind now that you, you know, you've been doing so much React stuff recently?
1: Well, there's solution zero, which is to do nothing about it and to yeah. just pass some props down. And I think when you're at this part of a project and this is maybe about as big as this project is going to get, that's what I would do you know, yeah, I would just agreed. let, I would just pass, like, I wouldn't really change this particular example. Yeah. Um, I think the in next thing list, I think, of, I never
0: pass anything else. I just drill it down, you know, in my list block. Yeah. Because it's, it's three, three elements. And I'm just like, am I really going to create something special just to be able to pass these? No, just drill it down. No big deal.
1: Yeah. Or you import a hook, which would be context. Am yes. I right? As like the next that would be like what we consider maybe the next step upward, which is use context.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. There was a time when context wasn't as powerful or even as integrated into React. And so people used things like Redux, which helps you manage like global state. And when you're playing around with Gutenberg, you're going to come across that term quite a bit because there's something similar like that inside Gutenberg in the block editor. But, the context is really nice when you have something that you need to just keep globally available because it needs to be accessed in a few different places and it's just built into react and then you're able to use it to you know get the information where you need and not have it where you don't need it so for example accordion item is really just a bridge but it doesn't need to use isExpanded itself anymore. So if you were using context, we would just not have isExpanded here at all. And instead, we would just import the isExpanded argument or prop in, directly in header and in panel from our app.js. But doing that, it takes a little while before you get there. And in a, in a lot of blocks and a lot of like small React programs or you know applications you really just don't need to get that fancy and adding that extra dependency of managing a context and creating a hook for it i mean it's only worth it if you need to do it a lot or if you're dealing with a really gnarly application
1: i think a good analogy is if you were coming from the wordpress php background there's global variables. So in WordPress, like post is this global variable that you can access from anywhere. You just have to say global post and then you can use that post object variable anywhere in your code. And and it's great and it's super helpful. Um, And you can define a global variable, but it's really frowned upon. It's really seen as like a don't use it unless you absolutely need to. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm not saying that that's what use context that's frowned upon or don't use it. It's just like, it's a very powerful thing, so if, and it, if you're going to use it, you just want to have a good reason for it, and if you're dealing with something small where you can just pass an argument from one thing to the next, you're probably okay just doing that, and you know, yeah. it's not something to stress out about.
0: Yeah. I think there's something to be said about trying to stay as simple as possible and only introducing complexity or a more complex like feature when doing that is simpler. Than what you were doing it before. So, in this case, adding context, adding a hook, all of those things, it doesn't make sense to do it because it's a lot more complex. Like, it's a lot more complicated to do that in order to do something very simple. Whereas here, we just have to go and drill a prop one extra file down. That's not a big deal. So, it's really important to just not get super complex super quickly, which is something I see a lot happen.
1: Cause I think we even talked about how the accordion item component here, like probably doesn't need to exist. Like, I think we had all these ideas, like this is just a component that's just wrapping two other components and it really has no logic at all to it. And it, maybe you would want this, but like at this stage, like we could have even skipped that. And then the prop drilling wouldn't even be an issue because like this would just sit in our app, you know?
0: Yeah. And it, it really could. I mean, instead of having all of this passed down here, I could technically. Okay. So I pushed, I pulled it in.
1: There's a a few things while you're typing. One is that we had to wrap it in like the little fragment tags because in JSX, you just need one parent element. You can't have like a bunch of people next to each other. You need a parent, um, around it. So we had to do that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, I think there was a little bit of logic that we were doing where is expanded was um, actually we were doing the logic in the selector right there, so we were actually yeah. saying active ID equals accordion ID. So we'll we'll have to use that. And I think the third thing we know will get yelled at for sure is that we don't have a key for our map. <laughs> and so
0: yes, even though
1: we're in a fragment, can you add a key to a fragment or no? Do we have to add a div?
0: No, I think we would have to add a div. Okay, so we've added the accordion header and the accordion panel into our app.js now. So we're not using accordion item, which means we actually have to pull in these two components into app.js now instead of accordion item. There is
1: a feature that will default do imports. And I'm not talking about copilot, but like sometimes your imports just show up at the top and sometimes they yeah. don't and it's somewhere in VS code. I don't know what does it and how to get it to work all the time. I, I don't, don't either.
0: It sometimes it's it does work co-pilots. and it's magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I-, I love it when it does happen, but then sometimes because it doesn't happen, then I have to check anyway. And if I have to check anyway, I might as well just do it myself. It's like a whole thing. Yeah.
1: And honestly, Copilot <laughs> does it for me now
0: yeah, I agree.
1: Spells something wrong or like names the file something weird, but it like gets it gets it pretty close.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I think that we got everything mm-hmm. and No. No?
1: I see one more error, I think, that you're gonna deal with.
0: Expanded, heading, content. Oh, ID. Right mm-hmm. here.
1: Yeah. That's the one. There we go.
0: Which maybe if Just... I spelled it right, that would be good.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that matters. <laughs>
0: No, it doesn't matter. You don't have to get the variable spelling name right. The computer just knows. Okay. So, the one thing that we did miss was the expand had to also get passed down with the current accordion element function. So, you can just pass it down directly. The reason it was like that in the header was because initially the accordion item was getting passed this function. But of course, now we have to directly pass it. So, now if I save this and I refresh, it will work. And now we've eliminated an entire component, essentially, because we didn't need it anymore. There was no logic in it at all.
1: Well, two things about that. Number one, there was a little logic because it saved us from having that extra div around it because now we don't have a key for our map and React's not going to like that. And I did say at the beginning of the episode how much I loved how we didn't have that That's extra true. div. So something to consider. The other thing, I, if we were really going to be nitpicky about this code, is I don't like that I named expand in the accordion header component, expand, like that's too confusing to me. I actually like, Mm. if I were to rename that prop, I would rename it like on click because that's what it really is. It's like a click or something that did confuse us that I couldn't pass expand to expand because in one case it's a, like in both cases, like a function. So then it needs the function to function. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm. if it was on click, I think we would have both default thought, okay, I'll put a function in here because it's an on click.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so naming things is really important and sometimes you, sometimes one name makes sense as you're in the thick of things and you're writing something, but then when you come back to it, you find that oh, I should have actually named it this because that's what makes sense if you're not in the middle of building something very intensely. So, but that that's like a general programming creation tip thing that you have to keep in mind, you know, that's not specific to React per se.
1: Well, I think the idea that you can do this 50 million different ways, and you can explore different ways, and you can try putting components in places is actually the perfect way to talk about the big picture next steps of this series and the podcast in general, which is, you know, our goal with this was to turn it into a block in Gutenberg, which, you know, we are definitely going to do. but. We need a lot of time to do that, I think, because there's just like this so many ways to do things, so many decisions you have to make, so many options you can, paths you can go down that um, it's going to be a big conversation to talk about turning an accordion into like actually making an accordion block in Gutenberg.
0: Yeah. Even the conversation of us trying to decide how we would demonstrate doing that was It we were like, we could have do it, we could do it this way, or we could do it this way, or we could do it this way. So, you know, we definitely need more time than we have in this current season to do that.
1: So we have a couple more episodes left, not enough time to do it. Summer break is happening. View source will be on like summer vacation and take like some time away for all the fun things that happen during summer. And then in the fall, when we start the second season. I think just (laughs) building an accordion block will be again a recurring like thread through not every episode, but like a number of the episodes. And we can we can take step away from front-end just like React stuff and say, okay, in the block editor with all the WordPress packages and all the like stuff Mm -hmm. that goes into it, now how do we build our accordion?
0: Yeah. And we wanna take that same approach that we've taken throughout this series of going really step by step, really talking through a lot of these small elements that seem small, but there's so much thinking and logic that goes into it and stuff that you need to understand around them that it's really important that we talk about them. So when we start, we'll start kind of at the day zero of creating a block. We'll look at setting up the environment and some of those other things that we haven't done here for React, because we didn't talk about the scripts part at all. But then when we do the block, we definitely want to, because it's really important to understand the build process that is helping you create stuff. Even if you don't work on creating the build process yourself, it is important to understand what it is doing and how it's doing it. You know,
1: this was just one little piece of React sitting on a page. When you build a block, there's a giant React monster running and you're like putting things into it and you have to play by those rules. So that's a big part of it. But yeah, so much of what we talked about is going to be really important foundational stuff like props, and like prop drilling and accessibility, and use state, state. and mm-hmm. um, components and imports and destructuring things. And you know, all that stuff is is all there. So it's all important yeah. stuff that you use when you build a block.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you know, we've talked about not just React basics here, but just some basics of modern JavaScript. For example, destructuring, which is not specific to React, it's specific to modern JavaScript. And when you're in that block editor ecosystem, everything is now mishmashed. And on top of it, you have the block editor API. So it was just so important to talk about everything, some of these basics outside of that API, which is a monster of its own, a very lovely monster, but a monster of its own. Uh, So that when we get there, it's a little less overwhelming when you have all these different things that you need to be looking at and connecting the dots on and using to create this one seemingly simple component slash block in the block editor to make it editable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because like the soup of like, this is modern JavaScript. This is work or this is React. And this is WordPress element, which is sort of like, their version of react but it's pretty much react um yeah like those layers stack on top of each other and and that seems confusing the benefit though is wordpress comes with so many things that you don't have to think about so like all the ui all the components that you can pull in exactly. all the text editors and rich field editors and there's all this stuff that's ready that all it takes one line to import it and use it and you don't have to think about it so um it's going to be really fun to like. Dig into this was a blank slate that we built up on, but now next season will be here's this huge palette of things. How do you like deal with all of it coming at you and turn it into something fun? And it's exciting.
0: Yeah, so you know, finally take everything we learn and take it into that CMS context, which gives you a thousand hour head start on building something like this that's editable in a user friendly context. But you also need a little head start. You also still need to come with a little bit of knowledge that we've talked about here to be able to take advantage of everything. I'm excited for that. That's going, going to be a really fun series part two that we do in season two.
1: <laughs> yes. And we have a few more episodes left of season one that I'm also excited about. So we will wrap these up with some really cool final developer thoughts for this year and this season one. And we'll do it next week when we come back.
0: Yeah. All right. See you then.
1: All right. See ya. Visit Viewsource.fm for the latest updates and links to the show notes. Review and subscribe to Viewsource in iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.